Welcome to Truth for Transformation with Timothy Brown. Timothy is the lead pastor of Arden First Baptist Church in Arden, North Carolina. Our mission is to lead ordinary people into extraordinary life in Christ. We pray that today's message inspires you to live an extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. Check out our website for more inspiring resources, ArdenFBC.com. Now, here's today's message from Pastor Timothy Brown. Hey friends, welcome to Arden at Home. We're so glad you decided to join us today. Go ahead and take time to like the worship service and also share it on your profile so that you can help us get the message out. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Luke 24. We are going verse by verse through Luke's Gospel. And as you turn there, I want to ask you a few questions. Have you ever thought that your life should have more meaning than it does? Have you ever wished that you had more significance than you currently do? Have you ever felt a void in your life and you just wondered why you weren't happy? If you're like me, I've answered yes to those questions at different times in my life. And today we're going to look at a very special passage in Luke 24. And today's message is called, The Tomb is Empty So Your Life Doesn't Have to Be. I want to start with a story about a man named Warren Schmidt. He's played by the actor Jack Nicholson. And Mr. Schmidt finds himself at retirement age. He's been selling insurance and he's miserable. And all of a sudden, after he retires, his wife suddenly dies unexpectedly. And he just finds himself really feeling down and depressed. And Mr. Schmidt uh, goes on a trip. And he's riding in his RV, and his goal is to stop his daughter's wedding. She, he feels like she's in a dead-end relationship. So as he's riding along in his RV, he begins to ask, what's the meaning of life? What is he going to do? How does he find purpose? And throughout this movie, he has little memos to himself. And I'll read one, of, one to you. He's riding one of his sponsored kids that he sponsors for $22 a month. And he begins to write him. He says, I know we're all pretty small in the big scheme of things. And I suppose the most you can hope for is to make some kind of difference. But what kind of difference have I made? What in the world is better because of me? And he briefly pauses for a moment and then says, I'm weak and I'm a failure. There's just no getting around it. Whenever he goes back to his house, he noticed that Mr. Smith noticed that there's a letter sitting there in the stack, and it's an international letter. And he opens up this letter, and it's from his sponsor child from Africa, from Tanzania. And this letter is written from the the sponsor mentor named Sister Nadi, and she says, Dear Mr. Warren Schmidt, my name is Sister Nadi, and I'm one of the teachers at the orphanage of the Sisters of the Sacred Heart. I work in a small village near the town of Inbaya in Tanzania. One of the children I care for is your sponsor child. And he's very intelligent, very loving. And as you know, he's an orphan. Recently, he needed medical attention for the infection of an eye, but he's better now. So he wanted to thank you. He loves all your letters. Your letters make him feel happy. He hopes that you are happy in life and healthy. He thinks of you every day. So as Mr. Smith reads this letter... He drops it, and for a moment, he breaks down in tears. First of all, it's tears of anguish, and then it turns into tears of joy because he realizes that he made a difference. He made a significant difference in this life of this orphan boy, 
and then the movie ends. So I want to ask you, what, what is your life like? What kind of significance do you have? Do you, you don't need to wait to the end of your life to know that you made a big contribution. In today's text, we're going to talk about your life, and we're going to look at Jesus and how his life defeated everything that stood against him. He defeated sin. He defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he rose victoriously. The tomb is empty, so your life doesn't have to be. Before we read the scripture, I want to introduce our at-home audience. Behind me is... Justin. Hannah. Justin and Hannah. All right. Most of you have met Justin. He's our office manager. And uh, Hannah is a new member of Arden First. Hannah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, I'm Hannah. I'm from Hendersonville. And I'm an assistant teacher. Thank you, Hannah. Justin. And uh, tell us who's with you at your at-home audience. Put that in the comment, comment section. Are you watching alone? Are you watching with your family members? We just want to say hello from the Arden family to your family. So go ahead and look at Luke 24. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 12. And today's message, as I mentioned, is the tomb is empty, so your life doesn't have to be. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened... As they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Someone said, Amen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men. Be crucified and on the third day rise again. And I love verse 8. It says, And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales. And they did not believe them. Now, I want you guys to soak this in. We're talking about the apostles. And it says that they did not believe the testimony that Jesus had risen from the dead. I don't know about you, but it's like, can you imagine what that was like to be an apostle and to believe that Jesus is the Messiah than to have your doubts? So we're going to talk about that. It's okay to have doubts. God can handle your doubts. But look at verse 12. In the midst of all their doubts, it says, But Peter, but Peter arose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen clothes lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. Let us pray. Father, thank you that you can handle our doubts. And it's interesting and intriguing that the 11 apostles that are here in this story, that they have doubts. And they are seeking if Jesus really rose from the dead. So Lord, I pray for anyone today that's listening to this message that has their doubts, that just as you made it clear to the apostles and to the women, you would make it clear to the one listening, that you would just give them light and that you would help them see that Jesus really is alive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you're just tuning in, we want to welcome you to our Facebook Live Worship at Home. Today we're talking about the tomb is empty, so your life doesn't have to be. The first principle 
today we're talking about is this. Because the tomb is empty, your fears can be turned into faith. Because the tomb is empty, your fears can be turned into faith. Look back on verse number 1. It says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices they had prepared. So notice the women came very early this morning, and they weren't expecting to find Jesus alive. As crazy as that sounds, as a Christian, these women who had walked with Jesus thought that he was dead. So I'm going to ask Justin, Justin, why do you think these women did not believe that Jesus was alive? They'd never seen it before, and so it's hard a lot of times in our in our walks when we face something we've never faced before. And, you know, they everybody loves Jesus when he's alive, but it's hard to love him when they don't have a model to compare him to. That's good. So to be fair to the ladies, they had their doubts. And just like some of you today watching, you have your doubts. And I just want you to know... God can handle your doubts. He's big enough to handle your doubts. The best thing is to tell God about your doubts. Tell him that you have doubts maybe about your faith. You have doubts maybe if Jesus really is alive. And he can handle those doubts. But look at the next verse. It says, but they found the stone had been rolled away. Someone say, but. 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 (laughs) In the Bible, but is the divine conjunction of grace. You have God getting ready to destroy the world, but Noah found grace in the eyes of God. In the New Testament, you see Jesus is dead, but now he's alive. Fast forward to the book of Ephesians. It says you were dead, but God's made you alive. So we have the divine conjunction of grace, but. And I'm looking at someone today that you've lost a job. You've lost your job, but... God's working behind the scenes. He's doing something you never dreamed of. I'm talking to a young lady that just has gone through a divorce. Your husband has walked out on you. Your spouse left you, but God is not done with your story. I'm talking to someone now that financially you're struggling. You're wondering how you're going to make the next payment. But God, he works in the midst of what you're going through. He cares about you. So I want you to embrace the B-U-T. The but, the divine conjunction of grace. No matter what you're going through, there's a but God. And notice that they were in the dark as what happened to Jesus. They went in the the wee hours of the morning as the sun was rising. And as the sun were rising, they encountered two men. The Bible says in other passages they were angels. Aren't you glad that in the midst of your darkness, God shines his light? Aren't you glad in the midst of your doubt and your despair... God shows up. So some of you have tuned in today by divine appointment, I believe. You were hopeless, but you have some preacher guy in the state of North Carolina in the city of Asheville that's saying, but God, God's got something greater for you. And the the angel's message of hope, if you continue to read uh, after verse number two following, look at verse number five. It says, why do you seek the living among the dead? Jesus is not here. He is risen. So they had the message of hope that you thought Jesus was dead, but guess what? He's alive. You thought that your life was over, but guess what? It's not. You thought that this was the end of your dream, but it's just the beginning. You thought that this was a nightmare, but guess what? It's a dream. If you want your dreams to come true, you have to wake up. You have to wake up and realize that God is working even in the midst of our madness. We're living in a world right now that's been struck with coronavirus. 
We live in a world where there's racial tensions. We live in a world where there's a lot going on. But I want you to know, but God loves you. No matter who you are, red, yellow, black, and white, we're precious in His sight. God loves you. He's got a plan for you. So don't give up. Don't give up hope. But notice the angel said, remember. Someone say the word remember. 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 What does the word remember mean? It means to look back and to think about. Remember that Jesus said that he was going to rise from the grave. And I want to read to you a passage in Luke 9:22. It says, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. See, the women had forgotten the promises of God. The disciples, the very apostles, had forgotten the promises of God. So I want to ask you to remember, are you going through something right now? For every problem of man, there's a promise of God. So what are you going through right now? Maybe someone right now is lonely. Let me tell you a promise from God's Word. If you have Jesus, you're never alone. You may feel lonely, but you're not alone. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not fear, for I am the Lord your God. He's the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And I want to read that last phrase again. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Aren't you glad that God is always with you? And the New Testament author of Hebrews says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now think about that. God is speaking. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. How many of you feel threatened today? You feel really scared. I've talked to several of you at home that you're worried about catching coronavirus. Some of you are very concerned for your health. Some of you are concerned as you're a caregiver for your spouse. Listen to this verse. It says, But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Aren't you glad that we have a God that knows how to protect you and how to defend you from Satan's strategies? In the famous passage all of us have heard, David said in Psalm 23, 4, and you can quote it with me, say it with me at home, out loud, together, Yea, do I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, I will what? Fear no evil because you're with me. See, for every problem, remember what the angel says. You've got to remember. Remember what God has said. How many of you feel weak today? You feel like you don't have control over your situation. How many of you just feel sluggish? Uh, I'm speaking to the people right now who are going through a hard time. I'm speaking to the family that just lost a loved one. I'm speaking to people like Brother John Anthony that just fell and hurt his hip. A lot of times we feel weak. A lot of times we feel like we can't go on. But the scripture says in Isaiah 40:31, But those who wait upon the Lord shall what? They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 he says, Come unto me, all you who are weary, who labor and are heavy laden. And he says, I will give you rest. Let me say that again. Come unto me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then he says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if, you, if your heart is heavy today, like many of us, I want you to come to Jesus because He can give you rest. Second principle. Someone say, the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. The tomb is empty, yes. We're having revival here, Arden, first. Number two, the tomb is empty. Because it's empty, you now have a message of hope to proclaim. Look back at verse 9. 
It says, Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. So notice the message proclaimed. Hannah, what is the message that they're to proclaim about Jesus? He's not dead. He's not dead. God's not dead. He's alive. Now look at this message. They returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to the, to the rest. So friends, we have a message to proclaim. The message is that Jesus is alive. Because the tomb is empty, your life doesn't have to be. Because Jesus defeated death, you too can defeat death. Because Jesus defeated sin, you can have victorious living in your Christian life. Because of the power of the resurrection, it lives inside of you if you have the person of the Holy Spirit, if you've invited Christ in your life. The good news is that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what kind of status you have or the like thereof, because the tomb is empty, you have hope. Because the tomb is empty and you believed in Jesus, you have the forgiveness of your sins. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Amen. So notice there's another thing. The first evangelists of the resurrection were who? Were they men or women? Women. Women. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now what is what is fascinating about this? Any of you guys want to take a guess? Well, the awesome thing about uh, really throughout the Bible is Jesus and the Lord, they empower women. Yeah. Um, especially in Jewish society, that was not a common thing. Yeah. So even today it's happening. That's so good. Justin got it. In this culture, now keep in mind the Bible elevates the role of women, but culture often did not. In the Jewish culture, not, not biblical, but the Jewish culture of this day, women were not even granted the right to vote. In most cases, with few rare exceptions, women did not vote. So Jesus is using women that according to Roman and Jewish law, you know, the, the ceremonial law of the culture, they regarded a woman's testimony as of limited value, treating women as unstable. Now, I'm sorry, women, I didn't say it. that was the culture of the day. But what Christianity does, it elevates women. Men and women are equal in the eyes of God. We are co-heirs of grace. And that's the beautiful thing about men and women. Together we make up the Imagio Dei, the image of God. So ladies, if you are a Christian, you are empowered by Jesus to do great things. The first heralds of the resurrection were women. So notice one of the women's name is Mary Magdalene. What do we know about Mary Magdalene? A few things. First of all, she was from a place called Magdala. This was a popular fishing town, which was about three miles from Capernaum. It was on the coast of Galilee. Now, one thing that some of us may not know about Mary Magdalene is before she was a follower of Jesus, she was demon-possessed. Not with one, two, three, but seven demons. Now, think about that. That's pretty extreme. So this woman was jacked up, messed up, wrecked up. She was messed up from the floor up. From the ground up, she was messed up. So Jesus rescued her. And because of that, she followed Jesus out of devotion. She, she ministered to other people. She traveled with Jesus and the apostles. And if you want to take notes, uh, Luke 8, 2-3 tells us that Mary is one of the people that traveled with Jesus and supported Jesus out of her resources. So most likely, Mary was a woman of resources, meaning she, she came from wealth in her family. So she used the, the material resources to help get the gospel out. So that was Mary Magdalene. So don't think that God can't use you. 
God wants to use every man, woman, and child to get the good message of the gospel out, that Jesus is alive, and because the tomb is empty, your life doesn't have to be empty. So here's a challenge. I want to encourage every person watching this online at home that July the 5th, put it on your calendar, we're having a big baptism service. And this is going to be our grand reopening of our worship center. We've remodeled it since you guys have been away. We've done a lot of fun things to the sanctuary. It's got a new paint job. It's got a new stage. Um, There's a lot of great things with the sanctuary. And I just want to encourage you to come and just celebrate. The most important thing is we're celebrating new life. So here's the challenge. If you win them to Christ, you get to dunk them. (laughs) If you win them, you dunk them. So here's the thing. We've got several people. I know Richard and Lucia that come to our church. They're they're able to lead two people to Christ. And guess what? They're going to be able to dunk them on July the 5th, God willing. So that's my challenge to you. Have you led anyone to Christ this year? If so, July the 5th, that's the big day. You get to baptize them. So let me know. We're going to give you more details about that. All right, number three. Someone say, the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. Because the tomb is empty, your doubt can be transformed into destiny. Your doubt can be transformed into destiny. Now, I'm speaking to someone today specifically. You just scrolled into this live feed and you have your doubts. I'm speaking to someone that's agnostic today. I'm speaking to someone that's a skeptic today. I'm speaking to someone that's an atheist today. God, God by divine appointment, you're, you're listening. And I want to read this verse to you. This is from verse 11. It says, And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. How many of you listening today thought that Christianity, or you think that Christianity is just an idle tale? It's just religion's a crutch, or some of those things that you thought. I'm here to declare that God can handle your doubt. And if you're big enough to say a prayer like this, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. Jesus, if you're really alive, show yourself to me. Guess what? He's big enough and he's real enough to show himself to you. And he will. He will reveal himself if you'll just come with an open heart. Notice it says, but Peter. Now, I want you to get this this context. The women came thinking that Jesus was dead. They, They found out that Jesus was alive. And all of a sudden, they're giving the message out to the apostles. And they doubt it as well. They doubt the message. And it says, but Peter, even in his doubts, even in his uncertainties, notice what he does. He arose and ran to the tomb. Stooping down, he saw the linen clothes lying by themselves. And he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. So I want you guys to get this picture. Peter doubted, but yet he went to go see. Peter doubted, but he got up and went towards the tomb. I want to ask you, in your doubts, are you going to stay stuck? Are you going to take steps of faith? Listen, you just need to take the next right step. You may may have your doubts. You may have your uncertainties about Christianity, but take the next right step. Maybe ask someone to pray for you. That would be a step. Maybe pick up the phone and call a family member that's a Christian and ask, tell me your story. I, you may not believe yet, but take the next right step. But something I want you to get that the disciples had seen Jesus was dead. Their hopes had been gone. They were all depressed and they were all up in their emotions. Have you ever been just up in your emotions? Craig Rochelle says that whenever your emotions are high, your intelligence is low. Whenever your emotions are all over the place, you're just not thinking clearly. And I I think the disciples just aren't processing what is happening. So here's the thing, folks. I want to just get real and personal with you. I've had my times where I've doubted. 
I've had my times where I've read stuff in the Bible and said, the Old Testament says, what? How could God do this or that? But every time that I had sincere doubts, I've tried to go with the Lord and say, God, I don't understand what this passage is saying. This person brings this up about the Bible and I don't have an answer. And every single time, folks, God has either answered my doubt or he's spoken to my heart and said, Timothy, you don't need to know that yet. Just keep trusting in me. So I want to encourage you. It's okay to have doubts, but don't stay stuck in your doubts. Take the next step of faith and the next step of faith. And as you respond to the light that God gives, he will give you more light. So today, my challenge for you is to live a life to the full. I am sick and tired of people living life with their cup half empty or half full. I'm sick and tired of people living meaningless lives. I'm just really talking to someone today that you wake up in the morning and you're critical. You go to bed at night and you're depressed. Every waking hour, you're lacking meaning, significance, or purpose. Listen, friends, the tomb is empty, so your heart doesn't have to be empty. Because the tomb is empty, your life can be full of the life of Christ. God wants to fill you with His fullness. So my challenge for you today is simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and let His life live fully through you. So you no longer have to walk walk around saying, what is my purpose? Am I making a difference? How do I become happy? All these questions we ask, listen, all of life, all of significance, all of joy is found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So look to Him and He will meet those needs of your life. So here's some action steps I want you to follow. Number one is share the message of the gospel with someone who doesn't know Jesus. So if you are a believer, share the message to someone who doesn't know. Number two, share the worship service with your family and friends. So this message you're listening today, encourage it. Share it to others. And inspire hope in others by giving the message of the gospel out. And finally, live a life of hope. As a Christian, should you be walking around negative all day? Should you be critical of everyone and everything you meet? Or should you be full of light? Should you be full of love? Should you be filled with the person of Jesus Christ? That's my challenge for you today. So as we close, I just want to point us back to the gospel. First of all, I want to talk to the Christian listening to this. You may be thinking, Timothy, I'm not very joyful. Uh, My life doesn't have a lot of significance, a lot of purpose. And what I want to encourage you to do is go back to the cross Look at what Jesus has done. Look at the empty tomb and allow Jesus to fill you again. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you again. Because what happens is we start filled up with the presence of God, but we're leaky vessels. We get in the flesh. We choose not to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to take you back to the cross. And for the skeptic listening today, for the atheist listening today, I want to encourage you to pray a prayer saying, Jesus... If you're real, make yourself known to me. And if you're ready to take that step of faith, I'm I'm challenging you to do so. Today's the day of salvation. I'm going to lead you in a sinner's prayer in just a moment. So let's pray. First of all, for the believer, I want you to say, Jesus, I'm tired of living my life half full. I'm tired of being so critical, so down and out, without purpose or direction. So Jesus, I die to myself so that I can live for you. I empty me of myself so I can fill with the life of Jesus. Please forgive me for being selfish. Please forgive me for doing this on my own. Jesus, I pray you fill me fresh and new with your spirit. 
Father, fill me fresh and new with your love. And Holy Spirit, help me walk fresh and new in your power. As the believers continue to pray, I want to speak to the atheists today. And maybe you just want to say this prayer. God, if you're real, show yourself. God, if you're real, make yourself known. And there may be someone today that, and I want to encourage anyone listening that hasn't made this decision, today's the day. If you want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you do believe that he died on the cross, was buried and rose again, say this prayer of faith. Say, Jesus, I'm taking the step of faith to say, I do believe. I do believe what Pastor Timothy said, that you died on the cross and you rose again. And Jesus, I want to place my faith in you alone. I want to ask you, Jesus, to come into my life, to be my Lord and my Savior. And Jesus, I'm willing to turn from my sins. I'd ask that you would forgive me, take my sins and nail them to your cross, take them out of the way. Please, Jesus, I choose to follow you and thank him. Say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, friends, thanks for joining us so much. If you made a decision of any kind, please let us know. You can email us at office at ardenfirstbaptist.org or direct message us right here on Facebook. Until next time, remember, God's got great things for your life. Thanks for being our special guest today. We pray that today's message inspires you to live an extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about having a relationship with Jesus, please email us at office at ardenfirstbaptist.org. If you live in the Asheville area, we would love for you to be our guest at Arden First Baptist Church. For more inspiring resources, visit us online at ardenfbc.com. Join us next week for another message from Pastor Timothy Brown.